everybody. What's going on? It's Russ. Welcome to today's show. So today we have something very, very cool, very special for you. We're going to be talking about the mental roadblocks that we find to be standing in people's way of success. Um, and I have a fantastic person with me today. This is Jane Jewell. She is my number two at the company. She's pretty much the brains of the whole operation. She kind of runs the whole show. Um, she's actually the brains and the looks. So sometimes I just wonder what the hell I'm even doing here. But um, no, Jane is one of the best personal development coaches in the world. I think she probably is the best. And I've seen her personally create breakthroughs with people that to me look like magical. And I, and I, and I say that with all sincerity where people are coming into our various programs with all kinds of resistances and hangups and negative beliefs and self-sabotage and just stuff that's sometimes in some cases been a problem for decades. And I've seen Jane begin to turn things around with them with just like one conversation. It's, it's an incredible, incredible skill set that she has. So I thought who better to come on today and just talk about how to deal with these sort of mental roadblocks. So Jane, say hi. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here with you. Ross, if you keep introducing me like that, I'm just going to like chop this part off and every team meeting just be like, see, this is why you're listening to me today. <laughs> just put it on a loop. Just put it on a loop. You, a loop in the back your alarm. When you wake up in the morning, you could just put that on your phone. That's and it'll, right. You wake up with me just praising you. That's right. Then, oh, start the day. This is good. <laughs> So guys, look, I mean, the, the the thing that I did not understand, honestly, when I first started this business is in the beginning, Clients on Demand was all about the strategy. It was about marketing. It was about Facebook ads. It was about the science of client attraction. And as you guys know, that's something that we do better than anybody else, especially when you're talking about high ticket prices. But in the very beginning, what I didn't understand is that the biggest roadblock that people were running into like right out of the gate was fear. And it doesn't matter how good my strategy is or how good, you know, Adrian's Facebook strategies are or Mark's strategies are for running the sales call. It doesn't matter because if you can't get past your fear and you can't get past your self-sabotage and your overwhelm and all the things that you're doing to, to just kind of trip over your own feet and get in your own way. If we can't get you past that fear, you're never going to put any of it into action. So it was when I realized this, that that's when we brought Jane onto the team. And when we did immediately, everything began to change because now instead of just teaching our clients the strategy, we were teaching them the strategy, but we were also empowering them to be bigger, stronger, more badass, more powerful entrepreneurs in themselves and overcome some of those roadblocks that have been holding them back. Like I said, in some cases for decades. So what we wanted to do today is just go step by step and talk about probably four or five of the biggest roadblocks that we see people running into that are that are standing in the way of their progress. And this isn't just people in our programs that we get them over in the first couple of weeks. This is stuff that people have going in. It's stuff that we see in the marketplace and our Facebook groups. It's stuff that we see all over the place where there's all of these fantastic people who are great at what they do, but for whatever reason, they're not experiencing the level of power and success that they should be. And many, many times at the root of all of that is fear and self-sabotage. And it can show up in some really sneaky, really, really, really insidious ways. So let's just talk about that. Um, probably the first mental roadblock we see more than anything, Jane, is self-doubt, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so hard to even like say that, like self-doubt, because so much you hear so many people talk about belief now and how important your belief in yourself is. And I'm glad that it's a, it's a bigger part of the conversation these days, 
But part of the problem is too, is that it's so people are starting to know it intellectually that self doubt matters, but they're also starting to tune out the importance of it. It's kind of like when you're watching TV and a commercial comes on and you don't even hear the commercial because you just tune it out. (laughs) Right? So when people start to talk about self doubt, it's easy to just kind of turn a blind eye and just go, or anything to do with mindset and go, yeah, yeah, I know that matters, but give me the strategy. Give me the strategy. Cause that doesn't have anything to do with me. Give me the strategy. But the truth is, is that whenever you're stopped or whenever you're feeling any kind of resistant is because you don't have that belief because you're doubting and you're focusing your attention on something that is creating more doubt than uh, than creating action. That's absolutely true. So first of all, guys, what she's saying is so important because I know that in the past, when I would hear people talk about overcoming fear or getting your beliefs in line or getting your, getting yourself together or sorting yourself out mentally, I always thought, oh, this isn't a problem for me. Mm. It wasn't until I really became successful that the more successful I become, the more I realized it's all about that, that your mindset and your ability to deal with fear is literally like 90% of the battle. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the more successful that you are in many ways, the scarier things get. Because if you don't have a strategy, it's like, what is there to be afraid of? But once you, you know, you're not doing anything. So once you have a strategy though, and you start taking action and you start putting those things into action, that's when all of these fears start to come bubbling up. And if you don't know how to deal with that and overcome that, it'll stop you dead in your tracks. So I say this even now that if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and I don't care how successful you are. And, and you know, we're on track to do about $10 million this year. So I say this to somebody who's, you know, got some stuff going on. Dealing with fear is still my number one responsibility. You know, cultivating my own mindset is my number one job. What's that? Yeah, it never really goes away, right? No, it never goes away. You just have bigger problems or bigger challenges or bigger things to overcome. You know, whether you're trying to build a $10,000 a month business, a $100,000 a month business, a million dollar a month business, it's still there are decisions and actions that need to happen consistently. And the first place where you feel some resistance or you don't want to, it's usually a conversation that's going on in your head that says, can I do this? Will this work? What if something happens? What if I can't? You know, and it all comes down to that language and that conversation you're having going on in your head. So I want to mention, I want to talk about, I want you to talk about that a little bit because you said something a few minutes ago that I thought was really cool. You said that if you're feeling negative feelings, right, whether it's fear or self-doubt or anxiety or worry or whatever it might be, it's because you're focusing on something that, that isn't what you want. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the first thing that came up when you said that is that oftentimes when you have that, that feeling, your focus is on yourself, (laughs) but not in a good way, right? Like your focus is, how does this make me feel? How does this affect me? What will people think about me? Right? Like it's all like a self conversation and it's not really outward in the world of like what you want to contribute. What do you want to make happen? What you want to create, how you want to serve. It's all very me based, right? Mm. So that's, that's one thing. And then your focus, you know, comes into, you're asking questions like, you know, what if this won't work? You know, how come, you know, what if this doesn't work for me? Um, I've never been able to do this before. So how do I know? Or, you know, so you're having questions that have a presupposition in there that it's not going to work. It presupposes that it's not going to work. 
So you want to get really good about having conversations where you're presupposing that it is going to work. So instead of a question like, you know, what if this doesn't work for me? It's just even shifting the conversation is what's one action I can do today that's going to move me closer to X, Y, and Z. Or what would it feel like to accomplish this? Or what if I could take one step today that's going to move me closer? So it's just a, it's a difference of asking a question that leads you into action or asking you a question that leads you back inside your head, right? Into a, a, an emotional state that then has you constrict and not be in action. That's amazing. Yeah. So all day long, you're talking to yourself all day long. All you have time. this inner model. And when you're thinking, you, thinking is basically asking yourself questions. How can I do this? How can I make this happen? Right. And there's good questions and there's bad questions. So what you're saying is that most of the time when people are experiencing fear and self doubt, it really is the quality of the questions that they're asking themselves in their own mind where those questions like presuppose failure. Yeah. So it's like, uh, that, that voice that's always in your back of your head. And if you just ask yourself what voice, it's that voice. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, it's like there's always something kind of going on. It's like those old uh, cartoons with the little devil and the angel kind of having this conversation with you. And, and um, the only time you're not is when you're totally present with somebody else. And right. if your attention is not on yourself and you're completely present and listening to someone else, that actually goes away. Right. Or when you're meditating and you're just really mm -hmm. cool yogi and you can do that kind of stuff, you can do it too. Um, but for, you know, most of us, it just kind of goes away. And so one of the things, like I said, is, yeah, you want to get good at you leading the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, it's a very, it's such an important skill, but think about it for those of you that are parents, you know, it, there, this is such an important skill to be able to ask questions and having conversations that lead your children or lead people or inspire people to go down the road that you want them to go. So, you know, if someone comes home from school, your, your child or your loved one comes home from work and you're like, how was your day? Right. Your, the conversation could go either way. Your day was great. Your day was bad. It's very different than when you go, what was the worst part of your day? Right. Your loved one is going to like, oh, this happened and that happened, you know, and as opposed to what's the best thing that happened today, you know, or even having a conversation, you get off the phone and maybe a conversation didn't go the right way and asking yourself instead of like, oh, I should have done that differently. And why did I do that? And da, 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 da. That's a yucky conversation. So saying, you know what? What, what did I learn from that conversation? Mm. And so the better you get with having, you know, being your own internal coach, your own guidance in that, the better you're going to get at creating a, a, you know, moving through self-doubt when you need it. And you got to get good at it. You got to use it when you don't need the muscle. Mm -hmm. So it's just like working out. You know, if your friend comes over and says, you know, Hey, Russ, you want to help me move this weekend? And you go and you help someone move and you move the boxes and the next you're saying, no, I'll, I'll hire someone for you. It's what Russ would say to me if I asked him that. Um, <laughs> I actually, actually just did that. I literally just did that to a friend of mine. Like he was like, Russ, can you help me move? I was like, no, but I will gladly pay for the movers to come there, and help I'll, you I'll send so movers to your house. My, my mom's moving this next week. And I said the same thing. I'm like, mom, how about if we just hire someone? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send movers to you, but let's just pretend that we weren't there yet. Um, and, and you, you know, came over and you helped move some boxes and the next day you were kind of sore because you didn't use those muscles. It's like, you didn't, you're not used to use like moving refrigerators. And it's the same thing with your mindset. If you don't exercise the muscle to 
think positively. And it's, I hate even saying that, but thinking in a direction that makes you feel good and move through resistance and feel empowered. What happens is, is when you're really under stress, when you're really in the face of kind of, um, of any kind of challenge, then you're not going to have the muscle. Mm-hmm. So if I, you- I love that because, because what, because what you're saying is absolutely true. The more that you do this, the stronger mm-hmm. you get and the more automatic it is. Like people just don't realize that the subconscious, right? It, you know, I believe it's trainable. It really is trainable. Oh yeah. And, and, and through rep, just like you would train, you know, how do you train a cat? Well, you can't really train a cat. Let's just say how much, how much, how yeah, forget it. Forget cats. Bad example. Okay. Oh God. All right. Let's start over. No. Why? How do you train? <laughs> Stop the show. No. Um, how do you, how do you train a dog? Like it, it, through repetition. Yeah. And, and what it is, is you guys can actually through repetition, continually condition your mind so that you immediately respond more powerfully and more resourcefully to what's going on around you. And so that you condition yourself to actually feel good instead of feeling bad. So yeah. I'll just talk really quickly about the way that I do this. Not that anybody cares, but I'll just talk about how I do this. I, I love do this your thing. ritual. It's great. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just always aware guys of the way that I'm feeling at any given moment. And it's not like I'm constantly thinking about it, but it's like, it's to the point now where when I'm feeling bad or angry or jealous or resentful, I notice, mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel what something's pissing me off right now. And, and the question that I ask myself is what am I focusing on? And what I found is that every single time I'm feeling bad, it's because I'm imagining or creating a scenario in my mind of something that I don't want. Every single time. And you're putting it down to the future, right? It's yeah, like you're, really- you're literally hallucinating a reality. You're yeah. running a mental movie in your head of something that you don't want. You're having an imaginary fight with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You're thinking about, oh my God, what if I get on, what if, oh my God, what if this, what if, what if I sign this client into my program and, and they don't get results and they hate me and they're miserable and they want a refund and oh my God, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And it's like this spiral and we've all done this and we all do this all the time. So what I've sort of begun to train myself to do is that when I'm feeling bad, I take a step back and I go, what am I, what am I imagining right now? And 99% of the time it's because I'm imagining some future that I don't want. Mm-hmm. So I stop and remind myself, okay, wait, 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 hold on. And this is a habit I got from you, Jay. What is the exact outcome that I want in this situation? Right. The better question is, okay, great. What's the best thing that could possibly happen here? And that. And then the next question is, once I start to think about that, I think, because right away you start imagining, and then I start to think of myself, okay, well, how would I feel if that happened right now? I feel like a proud mama. Right. (laughs) Yes, you should. And I (laughs) I begin to imagine that, and immediately I feel more powerful, I feel more resourceful, I start to get excited, and I can tell you guys, the more you imagine and visualize that stuff, the more your subconscious goes to work making it happen. So it's like, you know, I look at all the great things we've achieved. You know, we just had our first million dollar month. Um, our clients are having tremendous success. Like every good thing in my life, even from my, my, my beautiful kids, it's all stuff of me going like, what would be the best life I can possibly imagine for my son? And just thinking about that and dwelling on it and living in it and being grateful for it in advance. And for me, guys, that's the antidote to self-doubt because the alternative is to continually imagine the worst and imagine the worst and imagine the worst. And it just, it takes your power away and just makes you feel shitty like all the time. And it's very tough to achieve anything when you're feeling that way. 
the cool thing about that is you can collect evidence either way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can like think of the worst thing that happens and then start going, okay, well, how bad is that going to be a, a week from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, because of this one thing that I might mess up. Right. And then start to collect evidence. See, I did it back here and I did it over here in my life. And this person did it like that. And this turned out for this person. And did you see what happened the other day to this guy on the news? Right. Like you can start creating all of this, collecting all of these evidence of why it's not going to work. Or you can do what you could say, like, what's the best way this could turn out and start collecting evidence that way as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always feels better to collect evidence of how it's going to work because the more references that you have that you've, you know, succeeded or other people succeeded, other people have moved past these obstacles, definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And And again, I just think that the more you dwell on those things, the more, you know, your subconscious just goes to work trying to make it happen. Um, it's like if you've ever thought to yourself, oh, you know, I really want to buy a, a cool car. You know, I, I really want to buy, I don't know, like Jaguar or something. And then the moment you have that thought and then you're driving around through the day, you start noticing them everywhere. Yeah. You know, you, you, you tell your subconscious what you want. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, all these resources kick into gear to go and find that for you. It's an amazing thing. We're um, definitely very, very uh, much more intelligent than we even know. And, it, you know, just it just takes tapping into what's already there. I love the analogy of, of, of thinking of the subconscious like um, like an elephant, where it's this giant, powerful thing that can just, you know, plow through anything you want. But you've got to train it, you know, so that it so that it works for you instead of working against you. And yeah. and that's the way that I think about it is that it's like I'm constantly trying to condition myself and condition myself so that it just on autopilot, you know, I now I automatically go to the most resourceful thing. I automatically go to the most positive thing. Yep. And that's where the conditioning comes in, right? Like it, it can't just be one time. It's got to be over right. and over and over and over. It's not one and done. Just like, you know, your body, just like your finances, just like your relationship. You know, you got to you, you, you got to invest your time into it. Otherwise, it's just it, it, it starts to die. So, yeah. you know, that's why people go to an event and then maybe they go to an event for a couple of days and they leave like super pumped and super excited about life. And then a week later, it's like you're you're the same old schmuck you were <laughs> before you got there. Well, you know? And that's I'm really glad, actually, you brought that up because it's like you may go to an event and have such an amazing experience with lots of incredible breakthroughs that are real breakthroughs, right? Like you're you're immersed in like all of that, but then you go home and you put yourself back in the same environment that you were in. And when I say same environment, I mean, same home, same friends, same family and same head game and conversations Mm -hmm. that you had before, you know, um, one of the things, in fact, this just came up on one of our Q and a calls that we just jumped off of, um, is that, you know, having family members as well intentioned as they are, they love you. And truth is they, most of them want you to succeed, but at the same time, their own, their own view of how they see the world, their own references, their own beliefs, they bring all of that into the relationship with you. So, you know, it's not only that you have to manage your own emotions, your own mindset, you also kind of have to be able to manage it in the face or being able to manage those people's, you know, emotions around you so that they're not also kind of getting in the way, you know, because, you know, the example they, they, that just showed up is this woman's like, goodness, like, I feel like I'm so excited and I've been taking so much action. She says, 
but you know what? My husband just, he wants to know, like, why would anyone buy from me? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, he goes, you're not known. You, you're wow. not any author. You're, and he's a great, you know, she's a great husband. She's super happy in a relationship. He's a teeth, he's a professor, you know, like, he, you know, smart guy, but he doesn't know, you know, online world or he doesn't yeah, know like the power of, of mindset even. And it's so funny. I'm like, I go, okay, there's two things going on. What's happening is one, your husband just doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. Like, you know, so he doesn't know the power of a question of like, why would someone buy from you? And now you're owning it. Like that's the truth. So the other thing is, is that you have your own self doubt and then you start borrowing self doubt mm-hmm. from all the people around you. So you got to be careful of both of those things. Condition your own mind, and then when stuff starts to come in, because it will around men, mm-hmm. you know, well-intentioned people, you have to then also have even more muscle to move through that as well, so they don't start seeping in. Again, you have to take hold of those thoughts and replace them with thoughts that are more empowering. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? My husband doesn't. My husband loves me. He's just looking out for the best for me. He doesn't understand what I'm capable of, but he will. You know, like beginning to think of it that way, where it's it's you're you're shifting it and and, and reframing what they're saying into something that's positive for you, and then you're making sure that those thoughts aren't like taking root in your mind. Where now you're, you've got that little voice in your head saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's so funny. I said to her, I said, I said to her, I said, well, ask him when he, <laughs> why would someone buy from me? No, I said, I said, when he first met you, why did he ask you out? I don't know. What if he's like, no, I don't know. I was so lonely. I just, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it, it's your ability to reframe really quickly. That, that'll be the, the difference between you suffering for a long time and then like feeling it and moving through it is that yeah, ability to reframe absolutely. your mindset quickly. So that's self-doubt, and we see that all the time. And if you guys need help overcoming that, that's why we have Jane and Lisa and some of our other people on the team. It's because we know that so many people who join COD, they think they're ready for a great strategy. They think they're ready to, to you know, roll their 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 high-ticket offers out there in a big way. But as soon as they come in, as soon as they start actually trying to do those things, all this fear comes up. And so we have to have them on staff so that they can deal with it and deal with that self-doubt. The next thing we see all the time is perfectionism. Now, I call this getting ready to get ready. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is one that I have personal experience of. You know, I, uh, you know, people may not know this, but, you know, before, um, before we got into all this, before I started my online business and then eventually moved into coaching and all the other things, um, I was doing acting in, in L.A. And uh, it was so easy for me to do 50 different things other than actually go out there and try to get a job. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I can't start auditioning yet because I'm not in good enough shape. Or I'm, I can't start auditioning yet because I don't have the right clothes, right? I can't start auditioning yet. I need to go to a few more acting classes first. And all of this stuff is just getting ready to get ready, where you're, you're creating activity that feels like you're doing something. You can lie to yourself and say, oh, man, I accomplished something today. You know, I read a book. Oh, I accomplished something today. Um, I watched some YouTube videos about how to, how to get more clients or you know, but, but you're not doing the one thing that can really change your life, which is to actually put an offer out there and actually put yourself on the line and actually put yourself in a position where someone can say, no, that's the scariest thing in the world. And we see people all the time doing like all the other stuff, except actually trying to go out there and get the clients that they want. That is so true. You know, there's, you know, it's like, you feel like you can, you can rationalize it. Like I'm busy, right? Like, 
I'm, I'm really busy. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of stuff, but you're still resisting that one cup, those couple of actions that if you just did those, it's going to move you over and start creating an avalanche of, of momentum. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, that, that perfectionism, you know, it's like trying to get something perfect, not done. Well, it's what, not well, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, nothing it's is ever never going to be perfect. You know, again, this showed up today. Somebody asked it on the Q and a call. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, guess what? We can't give you feedback on nothing. Right. Like, so if you don't get it done, we can't help you to make it better. Right. If right. you don't put your ideas, your creativity, your impact out into the world, mm-hmm. how will you ever know if you're doing a good job or if you need to add a little bit of this and adjust a little bit of this? Because you can't get feedback on nothing. You can't sell nothing. You can't enroll something. You can't help and contribute on nothing. That's so a great point. Have- That's a great point. So many people are like, well, I want to roll out this program, but I'm not sure I got to make it perfect. Or I want to roll this out, but I got to do a little more research. Or I don't know if I should do it this way. Or I don't know if I should do it that way. But the truth is just roll it out and you'll figure out very quickly what, what's working and what's not. And then you can course correct along the way. But if you're not, if you're not really launching it, then you're just playing mind games with yourself, trying to imagine what's going to happen. And the truth is you have no idea. So just roll it out and trust that it's going to, that you're going to be able to sort of course correct along the way. Um, you know, and the other thing that I see Jane a lot is that there's a lot of strategies being taught out there that are just making this worse. So like, in other words, there's strategies that are, that are teaching people, Hey, you know, if you want to build an audience, you got to go out there and you got to create a blog and you got to write a million blog posts and you got to promote the blog. And then you got to build backlinks to the blog. And then maybe you'll get some traffic and the whole process will take a few years, but eventually maybe you'll get a client. And it's like, it, you know, I, I, I see people teaching this stuff online and I read it and I'm like, this is a recipe for failure. I mean, they're literally giving you a step-by-step plan for how to fail because you're, it's a strategy that is all about getting ready to get ready. It's a strategy that's going to take way too long to pay off, way too long. Well, you're also always going to feel bad. Like, yeah. like, let's say you go and you, you, you put your heart and soul and you have this really pretty website and then you sit down for an hour and you create this amazing blog post. Like, it could be amazing. Mm-hmm. But then... You have five people come and read it, right? And so you're sitting there at your blog looking at how many readers or how many visits. Refresh, refresh, refresh. I must not be very good. Right. Oh, my article's not that great. Or why isn't anyone reading it? Why isn't anyone sharing it, right? All those questions. But it's because you're putting it on a platform that actually doesn't allow for many people to be able to experience your impact. So, you know... That part starts to, to you're just kind of setting yourself up to lose in that way as well. Just take the shortest path to success. The shortest path where if your game plan is, hey, you know what? I want to make $40,000 a month or $50,000 a month, or I want to get 10 new clients, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. How can you get there in the fewest number of steps? Mm. And these, the, you know, these, these, these strategies and systems that have like a really roundabout long path to success they're kind of seductive because you go, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to set up my blog. What should I call my website? I don't know. What should I call my domain? Should it be russellrafino.com or should it be russellrafino.com? I don't know. Is one of those taken? Hmm. I don't know. Let me go search. And then what, what should my site look like? What WordPress theme should I do? And guys, I've done all this. So I know how it is. I literally like when I was first getting started, I wanted to put together a website and I, I spent, I don't know, three weeks, 
just looking at different WordPress themes, trying to pick one out until I realized, wait, I'm wasting my own time. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's so seductive because it's like, oh man, I got so much done today. But did you really, well, <laughs> you know, well, you're hiding behind your computer, right? But, like you, it, it's the other thing. It's like you, again, you're like busy, but you're like, you're not really getting it out into the world. You're hiding behind your computer. I mean, the truth is, is you'd be better off to go down the street and knock on a few doors, quite honestly, and talk to people about your business and what you do than just doing a blog. Now, everybody says you need to be online. And yes, I believe that every business should have some kind of, you know, online, you know, presence, whether you're an online business, offline business or whatever. But the lesson in that is you have to be speaking to people about what you do. You have to be in front of people, Mm -hmm. whether that by speaking is people coming to see you, whether you're going to see them online or in person. You have to put yourself in a situation. Yeah, you have to because you're putting yourself in a situation where people can say no. And that's the thing that all these other strategies are designed to avoid. It's designed to make you feel busy, but not put yourself in a situation where people can say no. But the great thing is if you're in a situation where someone can say no, you're also in a situation where someone can say yes. And that's where the sale happens. And that's when you get a new client. And that's when you have money coming in the door. That's when you have a real business. Well, that actually, we were going to talk about this, but that brings up the other thing is is that fear that people are going to say no, or people are going to reject you. I mean, It's not about the no. It's about what are you making the no mean, right? Right. Oh, I got a no. Therefore, my program must not be any good. Or, oh, I got a no. People can't afford me. Or, oh, I got a no. Like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I got a no. Like, the no is just the no. Right. And, and, and there's all kinds of reasons for a no, whether it's like, you, you know, we don't want to go into the whole enrollment conversation, but it's just like that meaning is like, I got a no. And it, made me, I decided it meant this and that it made me feel this way. Right. You know, and it's like this whole cause and effect that you go down that road in your mind. That's a huge roadblock of, of the meanings that you're attaching to things. And so like trying to be perfect, being afraid of the no, being afraid of being rejected. Nobody can reject you. Somebody might just say, no, thanks. Like no, and it's, and it, and whatever you've got, it's not right for everybody. The thing is like, if you have a, if you have a, a $5,000 offer, and, you know, and only one in five people say yes, you've immediately got the recipe for a $100,000 or $200,000 a month business. That's right. I mean, the only thing you've got to do is, is like Jane said, make that no mean what it means. Like, make that no mean, okay, great, i got to just get through my four no's until I get my one yes. Great. Boom. Let's do that. $5,000. Great. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. And that's how you scale a company. But if yeah. you don't ever have that conversation in the first place. If you don't ever put that situation, you know, put, put yourself in that situation where you're, you, you know, kind of it's on the line where someone can say yes or no, you're never going to get the yes. Mm-mm. So guys, another thing we see all the time is people who try to do it themselves. And, and we see this way too often. There's a huge difference between going around on YouTube and watching a bunch of videos or reading some books and being self-taught and trying to do it yourself and actually going out there and finding the people that are getting the kinds of outcomes that you want and then spending what it takes to learn from them and work with them and, and have them help you make it happen. And I, and I know this firsthand because I tried to do it myself for a really long time. And I worked with the, quite a few mentors. I worked with a ton of different people. Some of them were great. Some of them were not so great. But I tell you, I learned something really valuable from every single one of them. Um, and, it, and each one massively accelerated my progress toward, toward where we are today. 
It's so important. This I see it so much the do it yourself, and in and, and the 25 years that I've been coaching and, and working with businesses, and I know if any of you read uh, the E Myth. I think it was the E Myth. They talk about the three gifts of service, right? Mm. You're either an entrepreneur, you're a manager, or you're an artist, right? And so often people come online because they're artists. You know, they're creators. There's some. There's something that they do that they're really, really good at. So for me, my artistry. My first love, my artistry is coaching and, and, and helping people. And so you just take it down to, to, to one art. Let's say you're an artist and, um, like an artist could be like a service provider, um, you know, something like uh, being an engineer, for example. And you're really good at being an engineer. Like you fix problems, you know, you do plans, you know, all the calculations, like you're really, really good at being an engineer. And then you decide, I'm so good at being an engineer. I'm going to go start a business. Right. And you can be so good at an engineer and still not yet have the skill set of running a business because it's just not your it's not your gift. It's not your gift. You might not be, be an entrepreneur. You might not be a manager. Does that mean you shouldn't start a business? No. What it does mean is that don't mess around with trying to DIY it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, why would you mess around with trying to figure it out? And it's just that t- that's the long, just like you just said, that's the long road. Do you want to get there? Do you want to build a business that you can, you know, create an income from right away? Or do you want to kind of have a hobby where you're trying to DIY and put it together and all of that? It just makes it so much harder because the, and the longer something takes, the longer, the more opportunity for that doubt to come in. So I just think it's so important that you realize that, you know, where is your artistry? You know, mm-hmm. what is your gift of service? If you're an artist, you're really good at something, or even if you're you're a serial entrepreneur, right? Where you start this business, then you go do this, then you start this business, then you go do this. If you're going to start a business, a good idea is to figure out who are the artists that are going to be delivering that product or service. So it's just important that you understand that. And instead of trying to figure out all the different pieces, Get a coach, get a mentor, get yourself there as quickly, you know, as quickly as you can. Um, otherwise, it's just you're going to feel stalled and that doesn't feel good at all. I mean, the reason our company exists is because I realize there are so many people out there that have incredible gifts that are amazing at what they do. They just don't really know how to market themselves and they don't really know how to structure their business and they don't really know how to charge with their work. And so that's where we come in to fill that gap. You know, if I have a client who's a doctor who has this incredible health program, I'm not going to teach him how to be a better doctor, but I am going to teach him how to market himself and promote himself and run his business in a way that's going to help him make more money, have more freedom and impact more people at a deeper level. And that's why we do what we do. You know, if, if these, if, if you could just go out there and, and, and flip a switch or something and do it all yourself, we would, we wouldn't be in business, honestly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. So make sure you have a plan, you know, and you have someone who's been there before or someone who really is able to see the patterns and put it all together so that it's in a system that you can duplicate and execute. Well, that brings us to the next thing. The next thing I see people doing is trying to build what I call a Franken business. Now, here's what I mean. It's, it's trying to go get different bits and pieces of different, different strategies from different people. So like, and this happens all the time, guys, in the, in the launch game. If you've been in an online marketing for a while, you, you know, you get the sense of what we call the launch game, where there's always some new piece of software that's super hot. There's, there's a launch going on, or there's a new program about this, or a new program about that. And then everyone's promoting it and everybody's mailing for it. And then poof, you never hear about it again. The launch game 
is what's responsible for so many people's failures because it encourages people to build a Franken business. I'll give you an example. A lot of people right now are excited about like Facebook messenger bots. And it's like this thing where there's like 50 million different Facebook messenger bots right now. And everyone's all excited about it. And people are buying different bots and just trying to figure it out. The problem with this guys is that that's just one piece of the puzzle. It's one piece of a puzzle. And so what they do is they go into this, this person's program and get this piece and they go into another person's program and get that piece. And maybe they get this piece of software because they're excited about it. And then they get this other thing. And then you just try to put it together somehow into this like mishmash. And literally it's like going, yeah, it's like going to the store and opening up five different puzzle boxes and pulling out pieces from each one and then trying to make it make sense. It's never going to make sense. It's never going to work. What you've got to do is find people who have one strategy to take you where you want to go all the way from start to finish. Like in other words, if you're trying to get in the best shape of your life, find someone who can help you figure out how to exercise, figure out exactly what to eat, exactly what supplements you need to use, whatever it is where they're giving you the whole strategy all at once. Otherwise, you're just cherry picking different things from different people. And many times those things do not go together and they're not designed to go together. Well, the other part of it is if, you're picking all these separate pieces, let's say, you know, this diet, this way of working out, these supplements, whatever, is it's hard for somebody, a coach or a mentor also, to, you know, be on the outside and look in and be able to see, well, this part's working, this part's not working, this part's working, this part's not working. It's just like, um, you know, I think we've talked about this before. My father-in-law is not doing very well and he keeps going to all these different doctors and they're working on one piece, right? Or they give mm. one medicine and then something happens and he goes to the emergency room and then that doctor takes them off and then shifts this. And unless you have one person that can see the holistic, the entire piece, you're always going to be adjusting and won't know what's working or what's not working. And so that's why it's important that you have that, you know, you have somebody that can see that whole picture and that you're following that and you get it dialed in. And once something's dialed in and it's working, then you're like, okay, I'm going to go test, test this bot. These bots are pretty cool. But it's right. like now you have something that's working and then you can start bringing in little pieces. And if you've been doing that, look, it's not your fault because Every time someone comes out with a new little thing, they try to convince you that this is the only thing you've been missing. Oh, if you just had this, if you just had this little piece, boom, everything would, would, would fall into place. But it's never true. It's never true, guys. You need a, you need a, you need a process for bringing new, new people in the door, the right people. You need a process for enrolling them into your stuff, and you need a process for delivering whatever it is. And you need to do it in such a way that it creates the income and the lifestyle and the contribution that you want. So you, whatever you're going to do, don't jump around from program to program or YouTube video to YouTube video or guru to guru or mentor to mentor. Find someone who can teach you how to do that whole process and build the exact business you want to create the exact in impact and lifestyle and all those things that you want. Otherwise, you just end up with this like mishmash. And I, I did that for years and it's a big part of why I struggled for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We see it all the time. And so guys, listen, to just tie these things together. So we talked about, we talked about four things and honestly, there's a million different ways that, that this stuff shows up. We talked about self-doubt. We talked about perfectionism. We talked about trying to do it yourself. And we talked about this whole thing of people trying to build a Franken business by just putting all these different parts together. But guys, if you really deconstruct this and you look at it, it's all fear. <laughs> it's all just fear showing up in different ways. If you believe that you're not good enough, you're going to have massive self-doubt and it's going to cause you to do things like get ready to get ready because you're afraid that people are going to say no. And if they say no, oh my God, what would that mean? You know, it, it encourages you to, to do things like try to do it yourself. 
instead of just investing with someone who's really going to push you outside your comfort zone and make you do what's going to get you the result, you sit there and go, okay, I'm just going to try this for a while and I'll see what happens. I'm going to dabble. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to dabble. Yeah, again, it's all fear. It's like and then put your you, toe in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's the same thing where you're like, oh, okay, well, I could invest with this mentor who I know is going to take me where I want to go, but that investment's a big investment. So you know what? I'm going to buy this $27 Facebook bot instead and, and just see what I can do. With that. So yeah, yeah, see what I can do. Guys, it's all fear. And if you want to build a great business, your number one job is to deal with your fear and manage your fear and not let that fear tell you what to do. And so fear can manifest itself in all these different ways. It can show up and rear its ugly head in all these different ways. But at the end of the day, it is just about that fear. So let's say that someone's listening to this right now, Jane, and they're like, you know, this is exactly how I've been feeling. This is what I've been doing. What, what can they do to begin to overcome this? Well, you said it right in the beginning. First off, go back to what is your outcome? What mm -hmm. is your outcome? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to create? Because, you know, one of the things that I, I think is most important to me in my life, and I think it's made the biggest difference in my client's life, is that once you know the outcome, you can pretty much figure anything out. You know, it's like if you know your outcome, there's always a way. So if you've been scattered or you've been in fear, you've been doing this and this and that, come back, just realign. What is my outcome? And if that outcome seems too big, like this huge, awesome, great vision, then great. Keep that outcome and then pull it back down. Okay. What's my outcome right now? Or what's got to be my first outcome? You know, what's the thing I have to my outcome that I need to, to, to achieve in the next three months or between now and the end of the year, or almost at the end of the year. Right? When is the last time many of us pulled out those outcomes that we started off with in January? You know, and just bring it back around. Are those outcomes still true for me? And if not, what are they now between now and the end of the year? So you can do that whether you're goal planning or you're looking into something big. But quite honestly, what my what's my outcome is a question I ask in almost every situation. Um I tell you, no joke, I don't go to the grocery store without asking myself, what's my outcome? My outcome is to get five nutritious meals and be out of there in 20 minutes. Okay, oh. great. I'm going to shop them the outside. <laughs> but, you know, you got to know, you know, what is your outcome? And once you know your outcome, you can get a realign. And so for me, it, it, it's kind of a silly question, but I always ask, okay, what's my outcome? And then I ask what state or how do I want to feel when achieving this outcome? Because here's the thing. You can do anything with willpower for a short amount of time, right? It's like Nike, just do it, right? Like you can push, you can grind, you can beat yourself up and you can go forth with willpower for a short amount of time. So if everything's going to be a push and it's going to be a struggle, that's not what I want. You know, it, it helps. It's a good thing to have when you need it. Like sometimes you need that muscle. Sometimes you need to, to, to muscle up and, and push through, but it's not, I don't want to live in a push through. So it's like, how do I want to feel? I want to feel good. I want to feel in flow. The word I use a lot for me is a uh, very feminine word, probably not Russ's, but like, I want to achieve it with grace, you know? Grace. So yeah, grace. I love that. Like just, just be, be, be in grace with yourself, like be kind, you know? And so it's like, how do I want to feel? Okay, great. So what state do I need to be in? I get resourceful and literally start going through that. Okay. What do I need to focus on? And then I start breaking it down. So it was a long answer, but really the two top questions for me is what is my outcome? 
What do I want to feel? What actions do I need to take right now to achieve this outcome? And once I have what actions do I want to take, I then take it a step further and say, okay, based on these, these actions, what are the top, you know, one to two, but really top 20% of the actions that are going to give me the most result. Mm. What happens, what people do is they write down all the things they have to do and they go to the action that says, Ooh, that one's the easiest. Or I like doing that one. Or I'll write a blog post like we were just talking about, right? It's like you, you start going there and it says, okay, no, it's not what do I like doing, not what takes the shortest amount of time, is which one will give me the most bang for my buck, which one will create the most momentum. And then you have to do that first. You have to do that first. One of the things that I love that I learned from Tony Robbins is never leave the site of making a decision without taking action. So once you do that, you take action like right away, you know, like you make that decision. You, okay. What do I do now? Like within the next 10 minutes, that's going to make that happen. Um, which might actually be a great way to close out today's show is before, you know, right when you get off, you know, finish this up is ask yourself, you know, what is your outcome? How do you want to feel and write down five actions and take one of them in the next 10 minutes. Guys, one of the best actions that you can take if you want to build the kind of business that we, you know, you hear people talking about in these broadcasts and in our Facebook group and in these other places is just to reach out to talk to us, guys. And if you want to do that, the way to do it is to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply and book an appointment. Because the truth is it doesn't matter what your problem is. I swear to God, your problem could be that you're you're trapped in fear and you're just terrified. Your problem could be that you're undercharging. Your problem could be that you're working too hard, that you don't know who your target audience is. You could have any of these different problems, guys. We solve these every single day and we eat these problems for breakfast. Like I'm serious. You know, there's no challenge or problem that you're dealing with right now that we've never seen before. And you guys, these people that you get to get on the phone with are such amazing people. I, you know, I don't get on here and talk about the team really at all, but they're really, really amazing. Like any person that, you know, you're going to be on the other, you know, it's going to be on the other side of your, your phone line or computer are just such amazing people. They are people that are here to honestly serve. They're all people that I would say, you know, come hang out, be in my home, hang out with me, take care of my family because they're that kind of people, you know, they're, that's who they are. So, um, just know when you decide to, to go ahead and apply and get on the phone with them right now that you're going to be really taken care of. Yeah. I mean, they, they care so much. They have such high integrity. They really know what they're talking about. And they're going to help you get clarity on a lot of this stuff because sometimes it can be so overwhelming and so confusing and you're blown back and forth between all these different ideas and feelings. They're going to help you sort it all out and just decide what is the best thing for you to do. What's the best way for you to move forward? What's your goals? What's your outcome? And what's the best way to get there? And they'll walk you through that process so that like, look, whether you, you know, whatever you decide to do, you're going to walk away from that call with an incredible amount of clarity on where you're at and where you want to go and the best way to get there. And that's honestly the best thing that you can do for your business because without that clarity, you're just sort of drifting around, you know, the way we've been talking about on this call. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you for all your comments and questions and everything else. And Jane, thank you for being such a rock star and just being like the rock of this the whole shebang. Um, I'm going to just put this on loop. Yeah, just put it on, just put it on loop. And if you ask me, <laughs> but like if I'm mad at you someday and you're like, Russ, remember that time you said all that stuff? I'm like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to have my assistant. Cue it up. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Everybody have a fantastic couple days, and, uh, and uh, we'll see you on the next show. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with Clients On Demand, here's what to do next. Head to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying their lives and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head to clientsondemand.com forward slash apply. I'm Russ Rafino, and we'll talk soon.